Hello, and welcome to today's edition of Chapter by Chapter 4, Eye of the World. I am your host, Will Cowan, and with me, like always, is Steve Haynes. Steve, I know how you're doing. I've asked you this every day this week, and you're doing great. The question is, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm reading books. I got, I got, I got, I got a job in this crazy world, so everything's working out pretty good for me. Uh, your life Ooh, is in shambles. Look at you, you got a job. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're today we're gonna go into chapter twenty-two. Yeah, twenty-two. 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 A path chosen. And a path chosen. And this chapter, like, I don't know about you, Steve, but there was not a lot. Like, there was not a lot to extrapolate from this. I could probably. <laughs> For those who can't see, he's got a little Jamaican banana guy on his shoulder just hanging out. And it looks it's awesome. unrelated. It's absolutely unrelated. But it has to do with everything. <laughs> we got to make t-shirts of that guy. Uh, yeah, anyways. I don't know about you, but I couldn't really extrapolate a lot from this chapter. We have an exciting chapter today, guys. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, it's basically just Perrin and Egwene kind of walking, walking, just getting, getting their bearings. It starts off with Perrin waking up in the shrubs after sleeping in the in his cold clothes that got soaked in the river while he was. Because he remember he fell in the river. Yeah, and we're just picking up after that. Along with his horse, Rip. Oh yeah, the horse is probably long gone. There's not really much mention of that horse because horse can't swim. Yeah, no. <laughs> you think that they'd be he'd be a little bit more upset by it. Was it you his the horse? name of his horse? I don't know. I think we should need to do an all horse name episode. Just just talk about the horses' names. All horse episode, yeah. A, an all horse episode. Well, uh, I'll be honest with you. The only one that I can remember the name of there's there's Bella, which is uh, Bella. There's Cloud. Cloud is Moraine's, and I know uh, Land's horse is like this. It's like this gray. They they call it the gray or something like that. But that's not its name. That's like the breed, you know. Yeah, they just refer to it as a gray all the time. Yeah, I don't know what the horse's name is, but yeah, the chapter opens up with Perrin waking up. He's uh, discombobulated. He's cold. He's shivering. Uh, and it was a shitty night, and he's. He's kind of keeping an eye on the 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 uh, the shoreline of where he crossed the river, and he's thinking like, "Okay, I don't see any trollics," but he also remembers that Moraine said that the river is going to be kind of like a barrier between them and the trollics, so that's why another reason why they wanted to cross the river. Um, I don't know why though. Like, are trollics like allergic to water? Are they kind of like? Um. Yeah, they don't like. They can't swim. I think I said this before. Trollics can't swim. They can't swim, eh? I, I don't think thinking, so. Or, or they don't like water. They don't like deep water. Or I was thinking about this because I, I, I had a thought of, um, you know, in Lord of the Rings, like in the movie, where um, Eowyn uh, shoots down all that water, like the, uh, the rushing water onto the uh, horse black water. riders. Yeah, the horse water. Yep. Uh, maybe I think they this were... might be our all horse episode. <laughs> I think it might be happening. We're getting into it today. Uh, I thought it was like they didn't want to get into the water because, like, they know Moraine's an Aes Sedai and she can do stuff like that, which would 
just be devastating. But she can do stuff anyway. She can just shoot fire out of the water. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So she can shoot anything out of anything. Yeah, she's she's pretty OP. Anyways, he's paying attention there and he's thinking about his friends and just where everybody is, and he thinks about like where Egwene could be. And he like there's this point in the chapter where he thinks to himself, like, if she if she, if she has made it, and he corrects himself, and he's like, she definitely made it. He's trying, he's just trying to keep himself like positive in the situation. Gotta stay positive. Gotta stay positive. Then he sees like a horse track on the ground, and he's like, I gotta follow this. Part of the reason yeah, and aren't why there like lots of but aren't there like lots of tracks all over, and like there's like wolf tracks and stuff too. Yeah, well, he was From like the Trollocs. He was like thinking like. Well, if this is a Trolloc track, like Trollocs do have hooves, but some of them do. Some of them do. But like, I take it as like, isn't there variation? Like, they're all like mixtures of different animals and stuff. Yeah, some and, are like and humans. Wolves. Some are like. like do they all have hooven hooven feet, or do some have human legs and feet? I think more. It. I think it's a little bit more animal based. Like, so like, there's some with hooves, and there's some with like paws, or like talons, or. Sh- yeah 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 but they're humanoid they're like they are they're all bipedal yeah yeah they all stand on two feet uh so like there's some trollocs that that's why they say in the sentence or in this part where they're like some trollocs do have hooves but not all of them but he makes a point of going like but no trolloc probably has horseshoes especially unless you're a fancy trolloc unless you're a fancy trolloc but he notices the horseshoe print as like something that master luhan the the blacksmith that he's trained under as like his mark that's kind of like his style of horseshoe so he's like okay this must be somebody from our crew you know it's got to be uh either his horse or bella or something then he starts smelling smoke and he's like i got smoke i got i gotta smell that smoke i gotta find that smoke smell that smoke Follows the trail of smoke over to where he finds a well, he's worried, too, when he finds the smoke. Because he's like, I really hope they're not cooking my friends. <laughs> That's the first thought that comes to mind whenever I smell smoke coming over well, to yeah, a He's been fire. attacked by Trollocs, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so he's cautiously, but he he gets there and he finds a Gwen. And Egwene's just sitting over a fire, just kind of keeping herself warm. He sees the, uh, he see, he see, he sees Egwene, and it's kind of like a moment of relief. Like, okay, somebody else made it out. You know, getting attacked by a thousand Trollocs, that could. Well, yeah, because that's like remember at this point, everyone's still separated. Yeah, everyone thinks everyone's dead. Yeah, well, even like in the last chapter with. Uh, Moraine and Nynaeve, like they had to make a decision of where to go, you know, and they they decide to because they get Moraine can detect who's still around by who has those coins, and she lost like detection. I remember, yeah, because the the other group gave away their coins to the salty sailor. Oh man, for passage across the seas. After that chapter, man, I spent my whole week listening to sea shanties just i love i love being a good sea shanty and i think i'm going to take your recommendation and start playing some shanties while i read this book oh my god it's so good sea shanties are like it's great working music it's great uh pump up music it's great music for dancing it's a great music it's great music for drinking 
pirates I'll had it going for cooking. on. Yeah, cooking. Like it's it's mm-hmm. it, it's it's multifaceted. She's sea shanties all the way. So Perrin and Egwene, they start having a conversation about what they what they should do next. And um this is where so I've been so I've been taking like this like not class, but I've been watching this YouTube series on uh storytelling that's done by Brian Sa- uh, Brandon Sanderson. He's the writer of uh the last 3 Wheel of Time books after Robert Jordan passed away. And he hosts like a a YouTube like class, like it's a his university class that he puts on YouTube that you can just watch for free, which is awesome. And yeah, so I've been watching it and he, he's kind of talking about like character stories and ca- he's mentioning kind of like the hero story. <clears throat> and I was thinking about Egwene and Rand and how they both kind of follow the hero story sort of. They both have that, that arc applied to them so that, far. Yeah, they least. both do. Um, where Rand, he's like, you know, they, they're both just people living their regular daily lives and then this event happens that separate that becomes this call to action they both have like mentors like i think yeah, and they're they both, both they both have a destiny call into them yeah 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 yeah. and i think both and they their, both suck at the beginning too that's another part of it yeah it's big and the sword has nothing to do like there's nothing to do with that it's sword. not important <laughs> it's not <Yeah>. important <laughs> he just has a regular boring old sword yeah and uh moraine tells Egwene that she has she has the touch she's got the power you know so there's this call to action and there's this destiny that's calling to them so i was thinking about this and like this is only book one but i wonder if there's a point in the series where they kind of flip who the hero is yeah i've been wondering that too um i think rand's in it for the long run i'm gonna say I would say so but, too, but I would say Egwene is as well. Like, I maybe it's not really like, maybe it's not really like a one hero story, but like it's two. You know what I mean? Well, I definitely think Matt also, because um, you can also apply this to Matt. More or uh, less, he doesn't have be... a direct, he doesn't have a direct mentor yet, but with this whole vision and stuff, he's finding now. He has his ruby dagger. That's just, yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. And like you kind of see Perrin in this chapter a little bit where like Egwene doesn't know what to do next. So she basically she she just asks Rand, like, what are we gonna do next? Or not Rand, uh Perrin. Perrin. Perrin, what are we gonna do next? And he's like, I I I I I we're go, uh, we'll go that way. I don't know. <laughs> we'll yeah. go and that and I mean that's pretty much this chapter. Yeah, uh, the regrouping of these two. They chow down a little bit and then they yeah. start walking. Yeah. Well, they they kind of they they're thinking like they decide to go to uh Camelin to to see if they can meet up with other people there. But they're they they know that their chances are slim. Excuse me. <laughs> well they start they start heading towards Camelin. Yeah, they start like heading they, towards they choose as like their best bet because the fades and trollocs and everything are most likely heading to Whitebridge. Yeah. So they head towards Cam Camlin, hoping that their friends chose to do the same. I mean, they have no idea that their friends got on a pirate ship. I mean, the pirate ship 
that was that was that's out of left field. I mean, <laughs> no one expected that. So I mean, they could be going anywhere. They could be going anywhere at this point. But the other thing is, is that they start walking without any sort of definitive plan. They just kind of go like, "I guess we'll go this way." Doesn't he, doesn't Perrin lose Luhan's map or uh, Alvir's map? Um, in this chapter. Well, I, th- I maybe in the um, when he was uh in the river, floating down the river, because he had to like drop a whole bunch of shit. But I remember them yeah. talking about this, uh, talking about Alvira's map, or maybe like they just decided yeah, there was to, some map talk. There was some map talk, but they maybe they decide that like maybe the map is not pertinent to their current quest at the moment, or uh, yeah, they just they just like we're gonna just keep walking. And Egwene, I was kind of disappointed in the way that, like, Egwene's been built up as this very strong character. And the fact that she just kind of, like... Follows Perrin's lead here. Follows Perrin's lead here is uh, a little weird. Even Perrin, which is, which obviously is Robert Jordan, is kind of calling calling this out in a way. Now, I wonder, like, if this... Is it if this is going to be something that's going to be like explored more in a couple more chapters, or if it's something that that uh, Robert Jordan's just like this is the way that it is, you know, like he's just like Perrin's going to be the lead here, which kind of sucks because like Egwene, Egwene's Egwene to me is like that's there are two main characters to me, and that's Egwene and Rand, you know, yeah, so. Having, I, mean, I see that. I get that. Having I like my boy Perrin. He's cool. He's cool. He's cool. But he's definitely he's the Han Solo type. I love Han Solo. Um, but I mean that is every that is more or less the chapter, yeah? Yeah, more or less. I mean <clears throat> the only the only thing that I was just thinking about is just kind of like I'm just trying to wrap my head around that Egwene taking a step back. It could be just a storytelling way for him to kind of let Perrin take a spotlight because Perrin hasn't really taken a spotlight yet. Well, I mean, if I got to take a stab at it, I would say like a Gwen now, like seeing more action and like, she hasn't been in a situation like this. None of them. So, have, you know, though. none of them have, but like, it does specifically mention Perrin, like thinking of taking that leadership role and like right. how he, he sort of chooses to lead and, you know, she doesn't oppose him. He just dare to does it, and she rolls with it. Right. And yeah. they're all scatterbrained. So, hey, man, like I, if you've got a thousand beastmen from a C.S. Lewis fever, couple dream, Skeletors, a couple Skeletors running your way, looking to chop your head off, put you in a stew, eat you up. You're gonna be, you're gonna be a little scatterbrained. It's gonna be hard to focus. Also, um, we have to mention that they, like they, I, I said they did, they, they ate some food. Egwene was having some food when parents showed up. And what was the food? Bread and bread. Bread and cheese. Bread, cheese. And cheese. bread and cheese, cheese and bread. We got to get t-shirts that say bread and cheese. Or like just shows bread and cheese on, on the front. And I'm on it. <laughs> I've already placed the order. I just placed an order for five hundred. I answer answer this question honestly. How many times have you resulted to bread and cheese since you've started 
reading this book as like a meal. As like, I'm just going to eat some bread and cheese. Somewhere between 7 and 15. <laughs> I know it's a wide I know it's a wide gap there but look man listen I get out of it when I eat bread and cheese I don't remember <laughs> it's everything just phases together look it's a blur I've had I've had bread and cheese probably like two or three times as like that's what I'm gonna eat for my meal but every single time you get bad dreams and have you noticed I've had it a lot for snacks I've been doing snack plates and just uh, some bread and cheese. Some bread and some cheese on the side. Yeah. Well, you've been doing a lot of gardening as well, and I can imagine that being just a good kind of like. That's right. I bring a plate out there. Hearty snack. Get just in the garden. Mm. Moving some dirt. Mm. Have you have you had bad dreams from? Because I, I told you this a couple. I think it. Oh, was I have nightmares last. every night. <laughs> with bread cheese or not with bread cheese. That's right. Yeah, well, I I've had bad dreams with bread and cheese, and they they talk about a little bit about this. Um, I I think it's in the next chapter. I read ahead a little bit, uh, where they had some more bread and cheese, and like they still just they still just have bad dreams. Bread and cheese is not is not good for your mind, apparently. It's not the dairy. Yeah, the dairy. Yeah, you think that they would like result to some berries or something like that, since they're out in the forest all the time. Berries, not dairies, is the official <laughs> statement of chapter by chapter. There we go for Eye of the World. Uh, that pretty much wraps up this episode today. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to be getting into chapter three, Wolf Brother. Now, I don't know about you, Steve, but uh, that Wolf Brother is the greatest sequel to the band Wolf Mother. Oh, yeah. And we're going to start- their worst enemy. And it's and it's worst enemy. It's like a it's like a bizarro version of Wolf Mother. Uh, yep. Thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with Wolf Brother. We'll see you tomorrow.